right, welcome back to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, and with me, as always, my sidekick, Igor Jerkovic, there in Croatia. Uh, Igor, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I didn't know why I was a sidekick. I always assumed I would be the superhero and have a sidekick. <laughs> All right, you want to be the... I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the sidekick. You, you, you have the okay. power rankings, and everybody loves or hates. Everybody loves or hates you. <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly hate actually. How you feel about those power rankings? I'm feeling good because uh, I, there is some grounds about on why I put Ike first and why I put Petriga in the top ten. And why I put Brindisi up so high, and why I believe that Burgos belong in the top ten despite their defeat in Ostend. So anyway, I'm not. It was a good week for the power rankings. Uh, we did a little bit something different uh, for the promotion of it on social media, and it worked out nice. So I think um, it's still like developing. It's been a constant feature for the BCL for the past three seasons or so, but. It's developing, and we're we're not just selling into placing teams one to thirty-two, and that's it. So it's a work in progress still. Yeah, it's definitely always a, a fun read. Uh, a, a good week of action. We had seven games, three teams uh, moved to three and zero. Oh, those were Ike, Athens, uh, D, uh, JDA Dijon, and uh, Dinamo Sassari. Uh, really, all kind of uh, tougher fights than 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 they had maybe expected. Um, we'll get to those. We also had the had the uh, reigning champs finally grab their first victory. Uh, Burgos getting that. Uh, the, let's start with the the week five standout performances, and we'll talk about these a little bit uh, more or less uh, over the course of the of the show. Uh, David Holston from Dijon for his performance against Bur- uh, against Tofas. Bursa, uh, Tom's Limanis from uh, Smoky Minsk in their win over uh, Halone. Wojtek Ruban for Nimburg against Karavnos. Tyler Kavanaugh uh, from uh, Iberostar Tenerife for their win over Galatasaray. And then Miro Bilan uh, in Sassari's win over Bakken Bears. This is actually the last, uh, these are actually the last games of the month of November. Uh, believe it or not, and uh, so we do have a team of the month as well, and those are Ratan Obashan from from Nimbrook, uh, Axel Julian from Dijon. I guess you could have picked him or Holston, um, Kai van der Force from Ostend, uh, Miro Bilan from Sassari again on that, and the fifth and uh, uh, player is Yannick Morera, who was also named the MVP from from Ike. Um, I guess just really quick, uh, I mean, really hard to complain about uh, any of those 10 names, uh, let's say Miro uh, Bilan twice, but uh, your thoughts about uh, those performances, uh, both for the week five and for the team of the of the month? I'm not going to complain that Miro Bilan made both these. <laughs> uh, as for the others, uh, it's really... A- Big thing for Belgian and Dutch basketball to have Retinova Sohan and Kay van der Woods de Vries in there. So really happy for them because I've been following them for a long time and glad they, they're getting the international recognition too. Yeah, Ostend, uh, I mean, Belgium is, Belgium is, has been a, a, 
a stepping stone league for uh, for quite a few years. Uh, you know, a lot of great players have have played in Belgium before on their road to uh, let's say higher, you know, bigger, better things. But uh, you know, it's really it is pretty cool to see Ostend um, actually up there and and uh, and doing big things on the international uh landscape as well uh the interview of the week we have is uh with dominic lockhart from brosa bumberg uh, number two in the power rankings from this past week uh we'll get to that interview in a little bit let's uh let's jump into the to the action uh like i said we had s- uh, seven seven games uh mostly games from groups a through d um so let's start with uh, the thrilling group a uh, Tenerife get it, get a big victory, 85-72 over Galatasaray, uh, moving uh, to two and one. Galatasaray dropping to one and two, and Bakken Bears lose yet again, but um, learn more lessons as well. Uh, again, uh, losing 91-84 at home to undefeated Cesare uh, at three and zero. I'll let you start. Uh, whichever game you want to talk about, I mean, uh, obviously two. Uh, pretty important games, um, especially the, the, the Tenerife Galatasaray game. So, whatever you want to go with it. I mean, I, I did both of those games. I did the commentating on uh, Croatian Arena Sports TV, which does the Basketball Champions League, and I enjoyed both of them. But one thing I said about Galatasaray and Tenerife, you felt it all the way. Like, it finished 13 points, but you felt it like there's no way Tenerife are losing it, and there's no way Galatasaray are winning it. Mm-hmm. And just the general feeling of that it's not an accident that Tenerife are basically top of Spanish league. They're 9-1, and one, just behind Real, who are 10-0. And, and it's not a coincidence that it's not an accident that Galatasaray are struggling mightily in Turkish league. So... When you pair those two up, it's just a matter of like the thing that I keep on saying that there's a, a, an amount of confidence that's highly contagious in a locker room, but even more contagious is the lack of confidence in a locker room. So that, that's just a picture perfect story for that kind of thesis to see that Tenerife are on top of their game and Galatasaray are on the bottom of their game. And as for Sassari, it was just high paced high-tempo kind of game, a lot of highlight moves, a lot of dunking, a lot of blocking, a lot of three-point shooting, just the modern kind of basketball and uh, a, a sign of maturity for Sassari not to fall apart, not to be, uh, like, not to take this game lightly instead of just uh, dominating. They, they are the only team who led from start to finish against the Bears, I think. Mean, even Tenerife and Galatasaray were down against Bears and Sassari just stamped their authority from the moment the game started and went to win the game by seven. Yeah, the, um, for for Tenerife, you know, I mean, we've been talking the whole time now. You know, you you they their was it a twenty point loss in their first week? Was that what it was? Twenty points, I think, eighteen or twenty. I think it was twenty. And eight. They defeated Ken and then it was. The other week, the second week, they lost by twenty. By twenty, yeah. So you know they're 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 trying to hunt down that twenty, um, and you know thirteen points, and you know, you know it was only there was a one point six seconds left, and and uh, and you know uh, Vitoretta calls the timeout to 
drop play they were only up by 11 and so and they scored that last basket and you know who knows maybe that last basket actually gets them to the top 16 you know um you you, you, you yeah, never, but I, I really i really don't feel like it because i do understand that Pidoretta tried to do that and i do understand that galatasaray tried to cut down the difference even their coach said in their last time out that every point matters but honestly i feel like this is going to be a five and one group for Sassari and Tenerife and yeah. Galatasaray are not going to get make. there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's looking more and more like that. Um, with, with Bakken, the, the one of the things that I, that, that, that really, um, there was three turnovers in the final three thirty, and, and that's just, I think a little bit of, you know, just guys that haven't been at this level yet and not being able to, uh, you know, let's say withstand the pressure or just deal with the moment. And, you know, like I said, this is a, another uh, lesson learned for for them. And uh, so, you know, they're going to go back home. And, and, and I think they have four games, if I'm not mistaken, before their next game, which is against Sassari then in, in Italy. Um, so, you know, this this return game in, in Italy, okay, obviously Sassari is going to be the favorite, but I think it should be a, a, an interesting matchup to see. You know, Bakken will probably come back with at least probably three, maybe even four victories, you know, more confidence and, 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 and whatnot. So, um, so you know, this has been a fun uh, journey already, just three games in for, for Bakken Bears and really looking at their development. Yep. Um, they're fun to watch because of the way they play. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, just bystander, you can enjoy their games. Um, Group B, uh, Tofas Bursa losing at home, uh, eighty-seven, eighty-one to Dijon. Uh, Tofas down to one and two. Uh, Dijon moving to three and zero. Oh, and in the other game, Nimburg took care of business, uh, ninety-six, sixty-nine. Karavnos uh, two and one uh, for Nimburg and Karavnos down to three and zero uh, oh and three. Um, I guess, you know, my, my talking point, you know, really just, you know, uh, the Nimbrook 33 points in the first quarter and, and basically game was over. Um, Tofas, you know, I, you had the feeling, you know, they, that they were actually playing really concentrated and basketball, really focused on slowing things down and, and, and executing, and I think the 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 whole game turned when Yasser missed that dunk or was blocked um, at the end of the third quarter. It was a six point lead, and it was a, it was forty eight forty two at the end of three quarters, basically. So it was a low scoring game. And if it would have been an eight point lead, um, you know, you just think that would have been uh, you know just a really big comeback uh, would have been needed from Dijon. And they get the block, and there was a three pointer at the other end. Yasser turns it over again. And then um, I think he gets blocked right at the end of the fourth, uh, at the end of the third quarter as, quarter as well. And for me, that uh, you know that was the biggest lead of the game for for either team, six points. And for me, the game just changed there. Obviously, uh, you will you know the heroics. Go back and watch at the least the condensed game on this. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of uh, continue on. I'm sure you'll you'll talk a little bit about the the thrilling uh, end of this one. Yeah, I mean. I'm not going to even get into Nimburg defeating Karavnas. It's just the, the old kind of Nimburg that we're already used to. Uh, they just dominated from the start to the finish. But for Tofash and Dijon, and this is what concerns me now. I mean, Tofash lost two games at home against Nimburg and Dijon. 
So now you have to dig yourself out of the hole. At least they lost them by single digits. But still, they should have won at least one of those. Because you know you know that Dijon are not going to let you get another chance. And you know that Timbuk got a tough team and getting even tougher. So this defeat might have been the one that sees Tofash stuck in the book. And uh, it's the most Dijon defeat that you could ever imagine. <laughs> Whatever. If, if it's a close game, send 10 people to guard David Holston. Just let anybody else take a shot instead of him. And they didn't do it. Like he scored back-to-back triples. Even when they replied with their own triples, it was still Holston who was feeling because he was down to six points in 39 and a half minutes and then went off. It just went crazy. So... Once he gets rolling, you know that you're going to have to overreact to him and you're going to get open shots to Julien. You're going to get open shots to Chase Simon, Charlon Johnson. You're going to get layups to uh, the guys inside Loom, Chassang and all the others. So you're done just because of the two shots that you allowed. I mean, Dave Holston does not need that much space. He just needs a clear look at the rim. And he's done it so many times. I mean, he's probably my favorite player to watch in all of Europe over the last five years when it comes to clutch situations. And Topaz should have known. They should have known, really. Yeah, I mean, plus, you also, you, you know, the you know, Fan Wine twice had his had a toe basically on the line, you know, which would have been a three pointer, you know, when they were trying to, you know, come back. And you know, Tofa still had the layup at the end of the game by Christian, and he misses the layup that 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 would have won the game. And um, you just have to, if you're Tofa, you just have to be heartbroken because you knew the game was over uh, at regulation because you knew. You know, with that little push, that that you know that uh, Julian and 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 Holston would would do things in the fourth quarter, and and so yeah, like you said, it's the most Dijon way to get defeated. <laughs> so, all right, uh, let's move on to Group C. Hapol uh, Halon uh, getting knocked off at home, seventy nine sixty nine to Smoky Minsk. Uh, Halon down to one and two in Smoky Minsk. Uh, the Belarusians are two and one, and Ike, uh, the first team to move to three and zero. Oh. Uh, they won eighty three eighty one to uh, winless Cholet, zero oh and three. Um, two point victory for for Ike. Uh, not exactly the blowout that you were expecting. Uh, yeah. So I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they probably did it out of spite. <laughs> um, yeah it's another another thing that similar to Tofash and Dijon like Cholet are new to the competition and Tofash are new to the competition Ike and Dijon have already been there done that on this level they already feel comfortable whenever it's a close game and they're playing at home you, you, you have to do something special to defeat them and Cholet were close but at the same time Ike are just loaded. They have so many weapons that I really cannot see how you can defeat them if at least two guys are having a good day. Like You just have a Moreira and a Lojeski, and you don't even need 20 points from Keith Langford. You don't need five assists off the bench from Nico Zizis. It's just a loaded, loaded team, and if you commit any kind of mistake against them, you're done. And as for Holon and Smoky Minsk, I mean, Holon 
are the Houston Rockets of the BCL with their five and out, five out uh, offense and high pace and everything. But at the same time, it doesn't work that easily in a European competition. And you live by the tree, you die by the tree. It's an old saying, and there's a reason for that. Smokey are playing good basketball. I'm glad to see them up at two and one. Yeah, for sure. And this is a, obviously a big road victory for for Minsk. You know, ten points on the road. Um, you know, you got to go now to Belarus. You know, that's a it's a long trip, um, and they'll be excited to be be playing at home. It's going to be a, a very meaningful game for them, and and you got to make up ten points. You know, in order to in order to get ahead of them on uh, on the tiebreaker. So you know, that's going to be a tough one. And, and and I mean, you know, Ike even let's let's say almost tried to give it away you know Langford went one of four uh with free throws in the final 90 seconds uh and 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 but you know uh down three 7.3 seconds Stockton uh has the travel and and that's the turnover to to end the game so um little things decide games for for uh and, and if you're a team that's not used to it um you know you are going to lose it like that so um anything else or we move to the final game we move to the final game all right last one uh, i don't think we need to talk too too long um about it burgos uh knocking off uh happy casa brindisi 93 71 uh at home uh, group h all deadlocked at one and one. Um, obviously, twenty-two point victory is pretty big for Burgos. Um, I'll let you go. What do you uh, What do you have to say about this one, Brindisi? Obviously, you had really high in your in your rankings. Yeah, this is only the second defeat that Brindisi had since the start of the season. If you're not counting the Italian Super Cup, and they were looking good for probably like two and a half quarters, but just nine points in the third quarter. Is, uh, it's, it's, you're not going to do anything against Burgos away from home. You cannot score at least 75, 80 points. And maybe they they thought they had a chance because Vitor Benita wasn't playing, but not because Vitor Benita not playing just means that Dad McFadden has green light to do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. whenever he wants, and he finished with 21 points in 24 minutes. Yeah, and, and a couple more shots for Renfro, you know, 13 and 8, Horton, uh, you know, big guy can take it outside as well. So, yeah, just there are reason. there's a good reason why they're champs, you know, even like you said with Apanita. And so, you know, you can't uh, you can't expect anything. So, I mean, makes that, that, that group that much tighter, you know. Here's my point about Burgos. If everything went right for them since the start of the season, no COVID, no isolations, no injuries, I think they would have still been either undefeated or had just that one defeat to Barcelona when they lost by three points on a dubious call in the last minute. Because the only defeats that they had uh, were um, away at Andorra was um, half-court shot by Vitor Benite, went in and out, and they lost in overtime. Uh, they lost in Spanish League to Fuen Labrada when they only had six people available for the game. And that's about it. And they lost to Ostend in a game where, like, 50-year-old Dusan Djordjevic scored the game win. So, basically, this is a team that's so close to perfection. And 
I'm, I really wouldn't be surprised to see them win it again. I, I love watching them. Uh, there's, you know, just all the different weapons, you know, and anytime you get old guys like uh, Cook and Renfro uh, doing doing their things, it's that much more fun. Um, let's move to overtime. Uh, final five topics. Uh, let's go stat of the week. Uh, I'll go first this time. I'm going to go with 15.5. That is the points below average that Smokey Minsk held alone. Halone uh, came into the game averaging 84.5, and it was a uh, 79-69 win. So uh, Smokey Minsk uh, shutting down Halone with some tough D. What do you got? I got 17. Uh, that's the number of assists that Alex Renfro and Omar Cook mm-hmm. got between them. Uh, 17 assists out of the 27 that Burgos dished out. And it's important to me because both of them are new guys. Both of them are... Were, I mean, they raised eyebrows when they side because they're, they're not in their prime. They're, they're really experienced. They're in the, their 30s, mid-30s. Uh, Omar Cook is, was the oldest player at the final eight. So to see them adjust to this new team like this and be so dominant early on, that's a worrying sign for everybody else. Agree. Did you know? I will let you go. So you know, you know that uh, there's a TV show called Criminal Minds. Okay. It's like ten thousand seasons, and it's it's highly bizarre because it goes into psychology of the killers and whatever. I mean, I watched it then. It gets too dark for me. I cannot watch more than two episodes. Anyway, I got a perfect guy for the next season because Jason Burnell of Sassari. <laughs> he switched from he switched through three different colleges and ended up with a degree in psychology and criminal justice. Huh. How about that? Huh. Um, I think I need to step up my did you know game. Um, uh, you're uh, you're topping me uh, in general on that one. I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go more uh, game focused, but uh, I, I promise I will step up my, did you know game? Uh, Tom's Lamanis from Smoky Minsk uh, his 20 points was more uh, more than the previous 12 appearances um or he'd combined for 14 points uh, that was in the minsk win over alone so uh overreaction um i think uh, it's my favorite thing to do in overreaction is to, is to declare a team out of uh, out of the running for the top 16 and this this week's uh, team out of the top 16 brindisi um you know, in that group with uh, Ostend and, and Dashafaka, all teams uh, one and one, uh, chasing down a 22-point defeat now is going to be a major tall task. They did beat Dashafaka by 11, um, but going into the to, to the final three games with uh, minus 11, um, uh, at least in those two games, that's a, that's a pretty big ask. So overreaction for you? Uh, Yannick Moreira will be the MVP of the Basketball Champions League in 2021. Yeah, he's looking like it. That's for sure. Um, Let's go with team wanting a break. Uh, Obviously, the next games will not be until uh, December 8th because of the FIBA uh, national team windows. Um, So I'm going to let you go first. And um, which team do you think is most happy about having a break? 
two teams actually. It's Brindisi and Sassari. Uh, I'm, I, the last time I counted, I think this was Sassari's 18th game of the season already. Uh, they started the season, both of them, and uh, Sassari and Brindisi, both of them started the season and the Super Cup in Italy, which was played in a round-robin system. So they had at least six games early on. Sassari even went on to the semifinals, so they had another game. Then they had the early start of the Italian Serie A, already played a bunch of games over there, and now they've got the Basketball Champions League. So it's been a horrible schedule for them to be playing so many games at least twice per week, and I think they're going to use a break really, really, the break is going to suit them so well. Because playing 18 games in two months is, even in the old times, when the world wasn't so crazy, it was exhausting, but I can only imagine how it feels right now. Yeah, with all everything that has to go into uh, just doing one trip. Uh, I'm going to say Galatasaray. Um, they're one and two. Uh, you know, there hasn't been announced uh, what the coaching situation is going to be. Uh, they've lost uh, by nine and thirteen uh, to Sassari and, T- and Tenerife, uh, respectively, in in the in the BCL. Plus, they's plus they've lost five straight domestically, and so just to be able to concentrate solely on fixing things in the uh, in the in the Turkish league, and uh, and kind of work on things, um, I think that's they sorely. Uh, could use uh, some uh, some time to figure things out. In uh, the other, on the other hand, um, a team that wishes there would be no break. Um, you know, originally I said Sasari because just the things are keep rolling. Uh, you know, because they're playing really good basketball. But actually, thinking about what you said, kind of makes me kind of makes me. Uh, uh, Kind of makes me think maybe maybe they would be happy about having a break. So I'm gonna change it up, and I'll I'll just say Nimburg, you know, just so that they can finish off what they what they think is gonna uh, be um, a pretty clear road, um, looking like it now, uh, maybe to getting to the top sixteen. So what team do you say, uh, man? I wish we didn't have a break at all. Well, stand it because they only just started the season. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. To the Italians, they only—they didn't even warm up yet. Then they defeated the champs, so they must be feeling good. And the break won't do them any, any kind of good stuff. That's true. Even many of their players have to join the national team, by us, but I assume probably all of them, except for the 55-year-old Dusan Georgievich. All right. Um... Let's uh, move to our interview of the week. Like I said, Dominic Lock, uh, Lockhart from Rosa Bumberg. Uh, so they are 2-0 and with two road victories. Uh, so we talk about that and uh, talk about uh, plenty of other stuff. So enjoy this, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right, so on the show this week, we have Dominic Lockhart from Rosa Bumberg. Dominic, uh, thanks for taking some time out. Thanks for being a part of this. Um, Rosa Bumberg have started the Basketball Champions League with a 2-0 and record two road victories um maybe just talk about how excited you guys are to have started the group with uh, two victories and both of those being on the road yeah i mean we we are very happy to win those two games two big games for us and i think i mean we got a lot of uh games to play 
still, but I think if you start 2-0, it's pretty good. And also, as you said, on the road, it's always big to win, so we're very happy about that. Um, how do you guys... How do you guys keep yourself, you know, grounded or, you know, not get too excited, you know, knowing that you have had such a good start? Um, what what are you guys trying to do? What's coach trying to tell you? Let's let's say in particularly in terms of the BCL, say, hey, guys, let's just not get too excited just yet. Yeah, I mean, we take every game at a time. I think that's the only possible way to do because if you get excited now, I mean, we, sit, we got two wins, but there's still nothing won yet. We still have a lot of games to play. So I think we still like we gotta play. We gotta uh, go in each game and try to win it, and that should be our focus. Like there's nothing to be excited yet, so we still got a long way to go. Uh, you had quite a start to the BCL. Um, went five of five from three point range, twenty points with five assists against Fortitudo. Uh, what do you think of the ex- of the scoring explosion? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not known as a scorer. I would say. But I, I do everything that I can to help the team. So if I'm if I need to score or if I'm the let's say the scorer in the last two games, then I do that. But I think we got a lot of guys who can score, and it's just uh, you know every game is, it's got to be somebody else because sometimes you have to do this, sometimes you have to do other things. So, but I'm very glad that I can help my team. I say explosion, and, and you mentioned it because in the season opening German Cup group phase, you scored three points and took a total of four shots in 44 minutes over those three games. And the game two days before the 42 game, you had zero points against Ludwigsburg. So what changed in two days? Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just got to, you know, get the flow again, get some rhythm. Sometimes you got to get used to the team again, get comfortable, and then a lot of things can change. And, you know, you just got to uh, keep believing in yourself and just work hard, and then things will work out some way. Yeah. Uh, then you had 20 points in the game against in, against Hamburg in the German German League season opener, and then 11 more against uh, against Bilbao in the BCL. Would you say this is the best stretch of basketball you've played in your career, maybe at least from an offensive standpoint? Yeah, on an offensive standpoint, you can say that, but on a defensive standpoint, I think there's always a lot of work to do. But yeah, I think offensively, I mean, I get a lot of shots. Uh, I try to make them, so... It, that far, I'm making them, so I hope I can keep it that way. But I know it's not always going to be like that. But as I said, I'm very happy right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for good reason. Uh, let's go back a little bit. Your brothers both play basketball. Sherman actually played second division in, in Germany. Maybe just talk about, uh, you know, basketball, how much a part of basketball was growing up for you. Yeah, I mean, it's always been in my life. Uh, my brother used to play, and uh, as a young kid, I always watched this game. So I've always been around the gym or had a ball in my hand. So they played a big role in making me the player that I am today. And, yeah, I was always, like, exposed to basketball. And this, I always wanted to be a basketball player when I grew up. So that was a dream, dream come true when I was able to play professional. You, you grew up in Wetzlar, which is um... – actually has a handball first division team but it's probably most well known for rsv uh landil uh yeah. which is actually one of the best wheelchair basketball clubs in the world uh they're yeah. a, a world world club cup champion as well as six-time european champions and and more than a dozen german 
league and German Cup titles. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, how much were you aware of 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 Len Landil? Like not not that much actually. <laughs> I mean, I heard about it, but not really. Yeah, basketball like the normal basketball wasn't really popular in Wetzlar, so it always was kind of tough. Because sometimes you practice in school gyms, or sometimes you had no gym. That was kind of tough, but yeah, uh, I think Wetzlar is a big city. Like they love basketball. They actually built arena for the RSV. So yeah, I think it's pretty pretty nice. You you grew up in the in the geese and youth ranks, um, and then you also played for Germany at the U16 and and U18 European Championships for your age group and. You, know, you were playing with guys like Paul Zipser, uh, Paul Zipser, uh, Ismet Akbinar, Jonas Tiemann, David Taylor, uh, also a son of an American father. You know, what was it like for, uh, playing with those guys for for Germany? I mean, it was exciting, and just to see where they are today is also crazy. Because you know, when you were younger, you never—I think nobody of us dreamed of to be able to come this far or. Even yeah, I mean we're not done yet, so hopefully uh, we can go even farther. But yeah, it's crazy to me just to see them on a regular basis. Then when you play against them, compete, compete against them, but it's very fun because I know they're all all of them worked hard. I also worked hard, and then when you can see that it actually that her hard work pays off, so very fun to see. You know, there's a, a lot of talk about youth German basketball and, and how there's, you know, generations coming up, you know, you know, 98 has, has gotten a lot of press, you know, they they won the the under 20 European Championship bronze and, and won the, the uh, Albert Schweitzer. Um, what do you think about that generation? I mean, you look at the names, you know, Zipser, Akpinar, Tiemann, you know, you have a couple of, uh, uh, you know, guys have played uh, um, uh, EuroLeague and whatnot. Uh, seems to me, even though you guys didn't necessarily... Uh, um, accomplish major things um, uh, on the on the European uh, level. Uh, you seem to have uh, produced a, a couple of uh, pretty good pretty good guys there. Yeah, I think uh, that generation was also one of the better ones. I think. I mean, the the generation that come now are also very good. I think Germany in general, I think, is doing a good job when it comes to like the youth programs. But yeah, I think our generation we had a lot of pressure in the uh, European Championship and couldn't really deliver it. I think that was like I don't know if we I don't know what happened there, but yeah, that was a little hit. But I think other than that, yeah, we had a couple of crazy like good players that come out like Chipsa, who who even made it to the NBA. So yeah, as I said, it's very like fun to me to say uh, to see where they are today. Uh, 2013, you made the move then to Oldenburg and became an everyday German league player. Also played internationally Euro Cup for for two seasons, and then in 2016-17, you played in the BCL. Uh, January 2017, you had uh, you had three three pointers and scored 13 points in 13 minutes. Um, maybe what are your thoughts? Maybe some your favorite memories from that season in the BCL. Yeah, that was definitely that game was definitely one of my favorite moments of that season. I mean, I was a little younger in that in that area or in that uh, time, and it was not always that easy because you know you always have to find your role as a younger player. I had a certain role, and to come out of that was kind of tough. But yeah, that that moment was definitely one of my favorite uh, 
parts of that season and also the I think I don't know if it was this season or the next one when I had the poster dunk there was also because everybody well nobody was expecting that I, I would say these two moments were my favorites and then and then in 2017 you you after that season you you made the move to, to Göttingen uh you were 23 maybe you know obviously you maybe want a little bigger role and and be able to show what you can do uh what made you decide on Göttingen I mean, I talked talk with three other teams also, but when I talked to Coach Royakas, I had the feeling that he really wanted me to be there and really had a lot of trust in me. And that was like a major thing for me because I, I wanted to be somewhere where the coach trusted me and wants me to, you know, be or have a bigger role and be better in what I do. And from the first moment, I had the feeling that Coach Royakas really wants to make me better or like tr- has the trust in me maybe um talk about the summer uh in 2018 after that first season in Göttingen you went to to see Bamberg's uh, individual skills coach um St- uh, Stefan Weissenbock uh to kind of improve your outside shot and you went from 23% in in the 17-18 season and and you went all the way up to f- almost 40% last season um, you know, Weissenbach's worked with with a, a lot of players, uh, actually also a lot of NBA players. Um, what did he do, uh, and and what makes him so good that uh, you know that he's even got NBA guys, uh, um, you know, call him and over and and hey, why don't you help me with some stuff? Yeah, I think Weissenbach is one of the best coaches I ever worked with. Because, you know, you can tell he got a, a lot of knowledge and he knows how to deliver it. Like, I think some some coaches have also a lot of knowledge, but they don't really know how to, you know, talk to the players and let them know what they really want. But he just works in a certain way where you, you know, know exactly what's, what he wants from you. And he just uh, works on a lot of details. Sometimes he, some things you never would really, like, care about, he... he like uh, the way you uh, spread your your fingers, or you have to cut your fingernails, so stuff stuff like that, we never really thought about in the beginning. So it's the little things about him that he where he can really help you and improve uh, not even not only your shot but your whole game. Yeah, um, maybe you know after three seasons in Göttingen, you decided to make the jump again. Uh, you took a two-year deal with Bamberg. Maybe the deciding f- uh, factor in favor of Freak City. I mean, it helps when your coach goes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Goes to the, that's always good. But yeah, I, I mean, Bamberg is a is a great team, a big team with a, a great history, and I always want to be part of part of this this generation or one of the bigger generation uh, uh, bigger organizations. And when I had a chance to do that, I mean, there was no second thought that I that I'm going to do that. Uh, you mentioned Coach uh, Roikers coming over, assistant coach um, uh, Fendesweep, uh, and the athletic trainer uh, Theodora, as well as uh, Ben and Hood came over. Uh, I guess kind of a, a mini Göttingen there in in, in Bamberg. H- how much did that help uh, in your transition phase? That's really still going on, but maybe how much did that help having all of those uh, all the familiar faces? Yeah, I mean it helps a lot because it makes you feel. Like familiar from the start, and if when you go to the next team, sometimes it's tough to you know get in the, get in the rhythm, you know, learn the new system, 
And if it's the same system, same coach, even some of uh, some of the players are same the same. It's always like a good feeling. You feel at home. You feel it's like the same thing. And yeah, that was a great help. Uh, you you played for him for three years, uh, um, Kers, um and uh, you know he. They didn't really have a lot of money in Göttingen, uh, and uh, I mean they have the tradition of a, of a club that's that's won German championships. But maybe just talk about uh, what makes him such a good coach, and and uh, that that uh, that was that uh, gave Bamberg the reason to to call his name. Yeah, I think he gives every player the same chance, and that's like one of the things that I never experienced before. Like it don't matter how old you are, where you come from. Like everybody gets treated the same, and he always gives you a chance. Like if you and if you work hard, play, play hard on defense and work on on your game. Uh, I think he he all you always got a chance with him, and that's what I respect a lot. And obviously he got another a lot of knowledge. He works like from six in the morning to six in the evening, watches basketball all day every day. He knows like everything about basketball that you want to know, and I think that's like the reason why I really like him and I really respect him. Um, another guy that came over with was, uh, was Ben and Hunt. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a, um, uh, a guy from the, from the Elba Berlin system who played, you know, national team with his generation and, uh, came over to Göttingen and, and started last season, you know, really hot. And then, um, and then kind of, uh, and then Kenyon, uh, Keenan Anderson kind of, uh, um, took more of the of the playmaking role, uh, and then you know they came the lockdown, and um, and then he came out to that first game in the in the season ending tournament there, and uh, I think he scored thirty. Uh, you know maybe just you know now you see him now he's with you again, uh, and obviously now being on a, on, a, on a Champions League team, there's going to be expectations. You saw him take over a little bit more in that uh, late in the late in the game against Bilbao, who obviously has coaches respect. Um, maybe from the time you were there in Göttingen, you probably knew the name because you know a lot of that '98 generation that he's a part of. Um, yeah. From seeing him when he arrived at Göttingen, then and then the lockdown where you I don't know how much you saw him then I you know if you were in the gym I guess you saw him for sure uh, from what I from what I understand to then what he did at that tournament to where is that now what do you think about his development? Yeah, I mean the first game in the in the bubble in Munich was like I really didn't expect that from him because you always forget how how young he still is and. That was very crazy to me, but I know he works works very hard. Probably the hardest working teammate I ever had, because he's always in the gym. Like when you arrive, he's there. When you leave, he's there. On off days, he comes twice in the gym. So it's it's not surprising to me that he develops that good. And even if he's if he's not the like the biggest player, he's super strong and a, just a tough tough guy. And you can tell that uh, his work pays off. We like to give our uh, BCL fans uh, a chance to ask some questions uh, and go to Instagram. And so a couple of questions from people on Instagram. One is, is Jen Fant. Uh, how do you like, how do you like Bumberg? I really like Bumberg. It's a small city. I mean, everybody's interested in basketball here, obviously. The, I mean, they call it freak city for a reason. But yeah, I really like it. It's a small city. I don't like big cities that much, so it's perfect for me. 
and the people are very nice. Uh, organization is very good. So, yeah, it's a perfect spot for me. Uh, dude with attitude wants to know any life goals? Yeah, <laughs> any life goals. Yeah, I got a lot of life goals, but I'm not a big fan of it to tell anyone because I think you rather keep them yourself if that's okay. Sure, sure, of course. Um, this one kind of goes along with that, maybe a little bit. Joe Gearhart uh, says, were you the quiet guy or the class clown at school? And he says, greetings from the person <laughs> sitting next to you at school. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's uh, sat next to me, so he knows I'm a very quiet guy, I would say. I mean, uh, in a lot of trouble with the teachers because I uh, never really was part of the of the class. But, yeah, I would say quiet kid. Thinking about basketball, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kilicopter06 says, who, um, who are some of your favorite European basketball players besides your teammates? Um, I would say, like, uh, players from Europe or just, like, Americans also that play in Europe? Favorite European players besides your teammates. So, probably, maybe, I would say, let's go Europeans. Okay. Um, that's a good one. I would say Luches from Munich is very, like, very fun to watch, and also somebody that you know I want to. Uh, you can learn a lot from his game, and I also watch him every time I get the chance to. And uh, yeah, I think it's. I don't really have the names right now, but especially three men that are a little taller, a little bigger like to post up and the transition game i really like those players so i would say anybody that fits in that category all right and last one i think sometimes uh teammates kind of sneak into our instagram questions and and morris pletcher asks six asks how how does it feel to be cooking like that so far (laughs) (laughs) yeah great question uh i mean as i said it's, it's me right now that gets the shot and making the shots and my team is trusting me, but, you know, it, it can always be every game is somebody else. So I'm glad right now that it's me, that it's me and uh, I help the team wherever I can. Yeah, for sure. Um, y- you know, Bamberg has a, has a rich tradition, and uh, these are back to my questions now. So um, um, have a rich tradition and, uh, you know, a lot of changes, you know, uh, not just head coach, but a lot of different players coming in. Um, but you guys to have seemed to have really clicked, you know, so far you only had the one loss to, uh, to Ludwigsburg in the, in the, uh, in the cup. Um, why do you think you guys are, are clicking, um, a, as you have so far? Uh, I think sometimes it just takes a little time to, so everybody can find his role, get comfortable with, with each other. I think that's a big part. And yeah, I think. Uh, in the in preseason was kind of tough for us. We had a lot of tough games, and sometimes losing helps also to you know see what you need to do better. And we we had that in the in the beginning in the preseason. We, we played all, always like some tough opponents that helped a lot. And right now, I think we just know what we can do, what we have to do to to win, and we focus on that. That that 2016-17 season with Oldenburg that we were talking about that was the last time you played uh, at a European stage. You had played two Euro Cup seasons before that. How excited were you to to get back uh, to European basketball with this season uh, in the champion in the basketball Champions League? 
Yeah, very excited. I think it's, it's always great to have two games in a week because then, I mean, first you don't have to practice that much, but also, like, you, you, you can copy games, like, no matter how, how much you practice, like, a game is a game, and you, I think you learn uh, the most if you just play at a high level, and I think with the BCL you can do that. I mean, the travels are also, you know, part of the, um, especially right now with the when you have to fly with a mask and everything, but uh, it's not going to be forever, I think. So, but other than that, I think playing international is always great. No matter if it's the EuroLeague, Euro Cup, or Champions League. You guys have two wins in two uh, in two games, but now you actually don't have a, a game for a while. Uh, what do you think about not being able to play again until uh, December eighth? Is your is your next game in the BCL? Yeah, I mean, that's you know that's uh, a little sad, but. I mean, it is what it is. It's due to the times right now, but I think then we can focus even more on on our own league and get better. And then in December, we're going to be ready for the next opponent. That next opponent is uh, PNR Kashiaka on December on December eighth. It'll be your first home game uh, in the league. Obviously, uh, without fans, or most likely without fans. Uh, you know, they've looked really strong and have a good uh, have a good have a good roster and everything else. Uh, what do you what do you think about that game? I know it's a while yeah, away, and you have a couple of, of 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 German league games. But what do you think about that uh, one? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I think we have in general a very tough group, and yeah, we're going to see. They have, a, as you said, they have a really good team. But I think at home, especially our first home game, maybe we can you know uh, sneak a win, and uh, yeah, uh, in that time we just. I mean, it also means that we have more time to uh, prepare for them. So we're going to see if that helps and if we can end up with a W. All right. You guys have two of them already. And uh, congratulations on those. Uh, Dominic Lockhart, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the uh, the two days. Uh, more two days now that you don't have uh, uh, any, any, bas- any, any BCL games. But, uh, you know, like you said, it's a good time to prepare uh thanks for coming on and and telling us a little about yourself and your background yeah no problem thanks for having me and yeah i was i'm very happy to be part of this podcast all right so that's a chat with uh uh, dominic lockhart thanks to everybody who submitted questions uh teammates included i guess um i guess uh just your thoughts on on uh what uh on dominic lockhart and and maybe you know, he, he talked about, you know, the role he's in. He's, you know, he's the guy who's hot right now and he's just taking his shots. Yeah, I really like what he brings to that bomber team. Uh, gives them some much needed shooting, but at the same time has the size, has the length, uh, the the width, the wingspan to play some defense. And that's probably the reason why I had them so high on my power rankings. I think they were second uh, because... Uh, Defense wins championships. It's, it's, it's always happens that way. And they have the best defense of the Basketball Champions League so far, even though it's a small sample. But you win two games on the road and a glo- game in a group like that, you play a couple of good games, you've got to feel really confident about making the playoffs again. Yep, for sure. Um so we have a, uh, a break now, uh, besides the players. We, 
Uh, we have no action. Uh, next games, like I said, will be on December 8th. Uh, we kind of got into a rhythm uh, watching these games and, 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 and recording the, the, the podcast. We will have podcasts in the breaks, uh, inter mainly interviews. Uh, those will be coming out, uh, as always, then on the Fridays. Uh, Igor, maybe what you're going to be missing these next two weeks. I know you're going to be busy, but uh, what are you going to be missing the next two weeks of the Champions League? As always, when we have a break, I have no idea what to do with myself on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Like literally, one, my week is cut in half, and I, I I don't know what. Like I need my wife to remind me what day is it. Yeah, I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna miss these these games. Uh, you know, the it's been a it's been a great start. Uh, it's been a relaxed season. I I, I really do like this uh, this format with the fewer games. It's it gives you a chance to really concentrate that much more on on, on those games. Um, so if you have uh, if you have nothing else, Igor, then I'll close it. No, I just invite everybody to keep on watching uh, FIBA basketball because we've got the qualifiers coming up. I'm gonna be in Ljubljana and gonna watch Slovenia, Ukraine, Hungary, and Austria, but. There's a bunch of other games, so we'll still have international basketball going on over the break. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as far as Champions League goes, uh, Basketball Champions League, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at BasketballCL. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's the mobile app. You can contact us. Info at ChampionsLeague.Basketball is the email address. The The website is Champions League. Dot basketball please subscribe to the podcast leave comments and of course all the games are available live and on demand on livebasketball.tv for Igor, Igor Jerkovic this is David Hine wishing you a pleasant uh, break from the champ uh, from the basketball champions league but please uh, make sure you go and watch those uh, FIBA uh, qualification games because uh, there's going to be some great action there for as well so talk to you next week